0: This episode is sponsored by Third Love. Third Love's 24 seven t-shirt bra is the most comfortable bra I've ever owned and it will be the most comfortable one you've ever owned too. It is made out of super soft memory foam that molds to your shape. It gives you a truly perfect customized fit. It's so comfortable, especially in this hot weather that we're having, you will feel great. Third Love stands behind this product so much that they're willing to let our, all the books listeners try the bra for free for 30 days. If you love it, you keep it, they'll charge your card. If you don't love it, you send it back. You're not out any dollars. Start your free trial now at thirdlove.com slash books.
1: All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 57, and today we are talking about books released on June 7th, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow old redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com.
0: Hello. Hi there. I was going to say, you know, originally when we were planning today that, like, we'll be less squirrely, because last week we were real squirrely. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But... (laughs) It's Sunday morning no. again. No. It's really hot and muggy in Richmond and in Maine. And yeah, I, it's so gross here. Anything could happen. Hopefully, we won't have any more crashes.
1: No, I hope not, but you, I, I have no idea. Are all your book stacks secure? No, they're worse than usual. <laughs> I moved everything around, and they're like to try and make space, and now they're
0: like twice as tall. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great plan. <laughs> oh, I know. I just get used to it. I'm just like, "Oh,
1: pick up books. Pick up books, pick up books. That's fine.
0: I know I have, I weeded my TBR last week and got rid of a bunch of galleys that were past publication date that I just had to finally admit I was not going to get to. But the process of rearranging the remaining stacks of like, oh, wait, this thing should go higher because I'll need it sooner. It was just perpetually like Jenga, but with giant books and things were falling all over the place. It's fun, but, though. It is fun. It's a good it's problem not, to have. It's not terrible to spend an hour rearranging books. I can't complain. Yeah. We need to get a tattoo
1: like on my stomach that says call your life. <laughs> Someday. Someday. It's gonna be me.
0: <laughs> I'll write a really great obituary Thank in like you. fifty years about inevitably when your book stacks crush you. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna happen. <laughs> like it's the Liberty Hardy version of dying with your boots on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dying under- with your books on. <laughs> Yes. Uh, We're speaking of like books on, this is a huge week. June 7th is just an enormous new book day. It was really hard to pick
1: ones to talk about.
0: It was. I even like usually I have read maybe two or three and I've got like a look back to a paperback that's out or something that I'm excited to get to soon, but I could not resist any of these. So I've read like very recently read all four of my titles and a bunch of great stuff is out in paperback today. So um, you should be paying attention to Liberty's newsletter and to the stuff we're doing on the site if you want to see uh, previous released previously released things that are out in paperback this week. This is just a huge day. So let's roll right into it. Where are we starting?
1: We're starting with this ridiculously fun book called Romeo and or Juliet, a choosable path adventure by Ryan North. Choosable path, which is how you get around using choose your own adventure and violating you know, copyright. Um, Ryan North is awesome. I learned about him from Joey Como, who is one of my favorite, favorite people. Um, shout out to him, like, he wrote Bible Camp Bloodbath and One Bloody Thing After Another. Absolutely love him. Anyway, he introduced me to Ryan North, who writes the Dinosaur Web Comic. Have you ever seen that? Where it's, like, the same, like, six or seven panels every time with these two dinosaurs, like, stepping yes. on houses and stuff. It's hilarious. And and more recently, he does Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, that comic, which is Which awesome. is so good. So good. Um, and a couple years ago, he published a Hamlet Chooseable path book, um, with a smaller publisher and now riverhead is publishing this romeo and or juliet it is as hilarious and strange and funny as you would imagine um i died immediately like pretty much right like five minutes into the book it's like you're done whoops um and and it's because I chose the naughty path. It was like, let's get it on, with Juliet, and like five minutes later, it's like they came and killed me because I was still hanging out. It's like, but you got it on, so that's cool. you know Shakespeare um, was so
0: subtle about the consequences. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, but like you can do you can be Romeo or Juliet, as the title implies. um you can also play the nurse whose uh character font is like this like arcade sort of style. It's so crazy and so much fun. It also has something like I don't know. 70 or 80 or 90 different artists contributed to this book. Um, there's Kate Beaton, who does like the Hark of Vagrant uh, comic. Um, Ryan Colossal, who wrote Rutabaga the Adventure Chef, which is one of my favorite things ever. Um, Noelle Stevenson does Nimona and Lumberjanes. Mm-hmm. Um, Randall Monroe does XK uh, yeah, XKCD. I always feel like I'm saying that wrong. I never get those letters <laughs> in the right order. I was like, wait, no, it's Kate. No, yeah. Um, it's so much fun. Hilarious. Pretty much everyone knows the story of Romeo and Juliet. I don't think I need to explain it to you, but lots of crazier stuff happens. Um, and again, it's just, it's fantastic. It's Romeo and or Juliet, a choosable path adventure by Ryan
0: North. So much fun. Yes. I loved that one. I was really glad that you uh, got it onto the list for this week's show. Yeah.
1: I was like, I i could not, I just pretty much closed my eyes and sort of pointing at the books I had read because I was like, I can't pick.
0: I know. Then I was like, no, I have to include this one. So, <laughs> it's so good. Um, my first pick this week is also so so good. One of the big debut novels of the year that we've been hearing about since last year. Uh, it's Homegoing by Yaa uh, the Her name is spelled Y A A G Y A S I. Uh, this is a. Just ambitious in subject matter and scope. Novel. It opens in Africa in 1775 in the region of the continent that eventually becomes Ghana. Um, and the first chapter, we meet a young woman named Efia. She is the most beautiful uh, young woman in her tribe. Her parents have promised her that she will get to marry one of the big men of the tribe and you know sort of take a place as essentially royalty in their village. But then uh, white men show up to colonize the area and to take slaves, and everything begins to change. She ends up married off to a white man and taken away to this uh, big building that they call the castle where she lives with him. He has a wife back in England that he hasn't seen in a while and some kids. Uh, But this is the thing that the white men do. They come and they take black women and use them as their, they call them wives, but they're They're using them, and she knows, meanwhile, that there are other women from her village and from the nearby villages held in the dungeon below before they will be put on boats and brought over uh, to England or to the States. Every chapter from there shows us a successive generation of her family. Um, And then also a different branch of her family, both in Africa and eventually in the U.S. And so we move forward in time with each chapter as well. Um, The characters that are in Africa navigate generations of politics and a family struggle. We uh, get to learn from them what happened to the previous generations, so the story really fleshes out for the whole family and really the the two cultures that we're looking at um, as the chapters go on. And we see uh, in the American chapters, we see what leads up to the Civil War. Uh, we see characters who are slaves. We see characters who are freed. We see characters that are imprisoned so that uh, basically they can be used as slaves uh, after the fact, put down in mines and made to um, chop coal, um, and we see the aftermath of the Civil War right into the early twentieth century um, of you know these effects that bringing slaves over, the effect that using Black people to build the nation has had and continues to have on our political structure in the United States. And there's, it's gorgeously written. The sentences are beautiful and are very striking. The characters are fully drawn. The way that the puzzle pieces of their lives fit together and flesh out sort of a much bigger story is so well done and so carefully done. And this is a big project to move a book this way, like through successive generations, She just does it really wonderfully. Um, It's, as I said, so ambitious, and I think a great success for how ambitious it is. And also just very pointed, unapologetic commentary um, about what was done to African people, both in their homes in Africa and as they were brought over. Uh, to the states to be slaves and what that experience um, has done generationally, the trauma of um, not even, not even being second class citizens, but of uh, being used the way that African people have been used and then eventually just subsumed into like, I think one character tells another in the later chapters of the book um once you're here, they just think of you as black. It doesn't matter where you're really from. Um, and there it felt um similar in that aspect of commentary to what we got in Americana by uh, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. If you liked Americana, you're going to like uh, homegoing. It's so so good, it's almost impossible to really sum up how she makes all of these different generations and their stories come together and tell the story of two nations um, and multiple cultures through basically one family. Uh, so again, it's Homegoing by ya Gyasi, G-Y-A-S-I.
1: That's a big one this year. Everybody is going yeah. to be talking about
0: it. It really is. I think she's going to you know be nominated for some awards. Oh yeah. For sure. Um, Before we roll on, we have our next sponsor. Audible is back this week. If you love books but never have enough time to read them, that doesn't describe anybody listening to this show. (laughs) Uh, Audible.com has the perfect solution. You can get audiobooks and listen to those books that have been on your list for a while or the ones that you want to get to sooner at the gym, during your commute, while you're walking the dog, while you're gardening, while you're cooking. We even know people who have waterproof uh, speakers in their bathrooms so they can listen to audiobooks while they shower. Audible.com provides over 250,000 titles from leading audiobook publishers. They also have broadcasts, entertainers. They're like Audible comedy shows that you can listen to, newspaper publishers, business information providers. You name it, you will find it at Audible.com. Their app is free. It works on iPhones, iPad, Android, and Windows phones. You can download and listen on your Kindle Fire and over 500 other MP3 players. And unlike a streaming or rental service, with Audible, you own your books. Uh, You can access your audiobooks at any time, anywhere, right from your device. Even if you cancel your Audible membership, you still keep those books forever. And this is the thing that I think is really excellent. They have the great listen guarantee, which is if you decide at any point in listening to an audiobook that you don't like it, you can exchange it at any time for any other title, no questions asked. Um, I've done this a couple times, once when I downloaded a book that had the same title as another book and I got the wrong one with the right title. And a few times when I was listening to something and either the subject matter just wasn't working or I was interested, but I didn't like the narrator, you know, the narrator makes a big difference with audio. Books and it's so simple to take advantage of. Um, it really is as easy as they say. Um, I love audiobooks for driving, but especially lately at the gym. uh, And I've been listening to lots of celebrity memoirs. I think I've mentioned um, Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes, which is like part memoir, part self-help inspirational about you know taking risks and trying new things, getting outside your comfort zone. Uh, I loved Down the Rabbit Hole by Holly Madison, who used to be um, one of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends and a Playboy bunny. And uh, she got away from that life and uh, has written a really interesting book about it. And currently, I am listening to Nosferatu by Joe Hill, um, which. I loved when I read it a few years ago, and it's just so creepy. Um, but Kate Mulgrew from Orange is the New Black narrates it, and her voice is like could not be more perfect for a story like this. Um, so, Bob and I are listening to that while we're driving around this summer. We're getting ready to go on a road trip, and so that will be keeping us a uh, creepy company. Uh, if you want to try out Audible, uh, you get a free 30 day trial membership by going to audiblepodcast.com book riot to start your free trial and um, feel free. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll be happy to give you recommendations. Audiblepodcast.com/slash book riot. Thanks again to Audible for sponsoring.
1: Yes, thank you to them.
0: What's up next, lady?
1: Oh, I've been waiting so long to talk about this book. I'm so glad it's finally here. My next book is called Marrow Island by Alexis M. Smith. Uh, I don't know why, like, I keep wanting to leave out the middle initial, but then authors probably leave those in for a reason. Like they want to, but I keep saying Alexis Smith, but it's Alexis M. Smith. So if that makes a difference, I don't know. Um, She wrote this amazing, amazing book a few years ago called Glaciers, which was published with Tin House. It was unlike anything I had ever read. It was one of those books where I would recommend it in the store, and people would come back and be like, I want to read another book like that. And I'm like, sorry. (laughs) It's too bad that's the only (laughs) one. That's the only one like that. It was so beautiful. Um, And now she has a new novel with HMH, and it's about a woman named Lucy Bowen. She grew up on a uh, in Washington, near Merrow Island. And she had a best friend named Katie, and they had this great life, and her father worked at an oil refinery on Marrow Island. Um, but there was an explosion, and he disappeared. But basically, you know, he died. Like, no one, it was so hot, the explosion, you know. Um, and it was really hard for her and her mother, and they moved away. And now, 20 years later, Lucy is a journalist. Um, she gets this message from Katie, who tells her that, Merrow Island is now inhabitable again and she should come out and hang out and Katie's living this great life like living off the land with this group of people um and so Lucy's like all right I'll go out there I'll go out there and check out my old house the house was left to her um nobody's been living in it she goes back to her old house she she talks to some of the locals she learns that this community that's living out on Merrow Island is kind of suspicious it's run by a former nun, and no one really knows what they're doing out there. Hmm. And Lucy kind of senses a story. So she goes out to Merrow Island, half to see her friend Katie, and half to kind of check it out and see if she wants to write about it. Um, and, you know, at first it seems like everything is, you know, okay. They're, you know, growing all their own food and, you know, trading. But the the former nun, whose name I'm forgetting now, um, she's a little bossy, and she, she strikes... Lucy as, as a little strange. And it's it just kind of goes from there. She learns that it's like a little more mysterious out there than than anyone even knew. Um and it's just this real she's such an amazing writer. Oh my goodness. Her her writing is so gorgeous. I feel like um what is that? Almost famous. I wanna be like, it's incendiary. <laughs> it's just it's so good. This is like really beautiful, eerie novel about the choices that we make and where they lead us in the future and, you know, what we do when we revisit the past. It's just so, so good. Again, it's called Marrow
0: Island by Alexis M. Smith. That sounds great. I never heard of glaciers. <gasps> so yes, I know right you have Read failed it right me, now. Liberty Hardy.
1: <laughs> Read it immediately.
0: <laughs> Maybe I'll take it to the beach and I'll, oh, I'll have a so moment beautiful. of like reading a thing called glaciers while I'm it's on just, a beach. It's
1: beautiful. It's like this young woman who... Um, works in a, a thrift shop, and or she loves to go to, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting now. Um, anyway, it's just really good. I'm just gonna stop there, cause I'm <laughs> I'm done. My brain is melting. <laughs>
0: Uh, My next pick is Grunt by Mary Roach. It's the curious science of humans at war. And uh, like Mary Roach, this is kind of the untold behind the scenes version of the story. So this is not a book about like how weapons are made uh, or about military strategy or tactics. This is about the science of war, essentially of how we keep soldiers safe and alive, and then how we help them recover when they come back or when they are injured. Um, So there's a chapter about how, uniforms for the military are developed like for comfort, for heat, um, for breathability, for fireproofing, where the zippers are placed so that when snipers are uh, laying down on their stomachs for hours at a time, there's not a zipper digging into them. Like there are special military jackets made with zippers on the sides, under the armpits for this very reason. Someone has thought very carefully and uh, about how that all works. Uh, So we meet the people who design uniforms and who work on developing the fabrics for them uh, she talks to medical professionals. She talks to surgeons who do um, transplants, inc- including surgeons that are working on uh, intimate body part transplants for soldiers that are in uh, in tanks when they roll over IEDs. And so uh, that's affected. And she writes then about how the military is finally acknowledging um, that it's not just like, well, they should be glad to be alive uh, when a soldier comes back but that uh, we want soldiers quality of life to be good and so sex is an important part of that and these therefore this transplant surgery really matters and she does it all with like classic Mary Roach she has this magic ability to take a subject very seriously but still to be funny and lighthearted about it Um, and any opportunity to tell a poop joke she will take Uh, and it'll be like a smart hilarious poop joke in the footnotes which I just really appreciate her style there's a chapter about stink bombs and there's this chapter where she's trying to figure out like what happens to military people when they are out in the field when they might be like hours away from the closest bathroom and they have intestinal distress and so there's a moment where she's like on this base in a cafeteria trying to talk to this big like you know muscly bearded special ops guy who you know obviously has tons of secrets and she's basically trying to ask him like did you ever get diarrhea in a place where you couldn't go to the bathroom, and what did you do? And how do military people handle this? And he's answering her without really answering her, and it's hysterical. Uh, when they study like how to keep people from overheating um, when they're out in the desert on operations, they do that by putting you in a very hot room on a treadmill, basically that's at a high incline, and so you walk very fast uphill in a hot room with a probe up your bum to take your temperature as you're doing it, and they wear packs. And Mary. Rose Does this like she does the whole experiment because she wants to know what it's like. And then she describes the process. And it's just so interesting. And there are all these pieces of like, of course, they have to worry about this. Of course, there is a scientist whose job it is to think about this thing, but that you've just never thought about before all the layers that it takes uh, to make the military possible. It's so interesting. I don't. It's not my favorite Mary Roach. There's just kind of nothing like your first Mary Roach, but I've loved everything that she's written so far. Um, Grunt is really excellent, fascinating, filled with tidbits that are inappropriate for dinner table conversation, but that you won't be able to resist bringing up anyway. Again, it's called Grunt, the Curious Science of Humans at War. She's the best. She really is. I'm going to see her
1: here in a few weeks i'm very excited
0: we should start working on like what's a supposedly embarrassing question you could ask her but that won't phase her at all because she's her <laughs> i know
1: it, it, i can't i've been trying to think of good questions i'm like i, I got nothing just like hi yeah. hey, i love you that's <laughs> I pretty much what's gonna happen that's totally sufficient yeah um my next book is a silly super fun summer read I think everyone will enjoy this. It's called Last Call at the Nightshade Lounge by Paul Kruger. It comes out from Quirk Books. It is about a young woman named Bailey. It takes place in Chicago. She has returned to Chicago from school um, and hooked back up with her old friend, Zane. He runs a bar called the Nightshade Lounge. And Bailey has been away at business school, but she kind of needs a job. And before she went away to school, she and Zane actually hooked up, hooked up. Um, and now she's kind of thinking like, Oh, she might think he's so great after all. She's sort of sad that she didn't pursue that before she left. So now she's got this crush on Zane. She's working at this bar. But one night she goes out back to do something. And this weird furless tentacled thing comes flying down the alley at her. um, And scares the hell out of her. And she learns that it is called a tremens. And her good friend Zane and all the other bartenders in Chicago are actually demon hunters. <laughs> um, and what it is, is there are these things called tremens. They're these gross, creepy monsters that stalk people at night. Um, and it's kind of hilarious because they're called tremens and then a group of them is called a delirium. That's um, so excellent. Yeah. And they it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer in a bar. There's a council... Um, And drinks give you power. If you mix certain drinks with certain ingredients the right way, like, you have superpowers. If you drink vodka, you know, like a a screwdriver, it gives you super strength, which she accidentally discovers. Um, She drinks this thing she finds under the bar because that sounds safe. And uh, (laughs) now she's got, like, superhuman strength. Uh, If you drink whiskey, it gives you telekinesis. Um, Tequila gives you, like, the ability to shoot fire out of your hands. And so they go around and fight these monsters at night. But Bailey's pretty sure that she has seen more than one of these at a time. And they're like, oh, you're new here. Like, they only ever, you know, work alone. But, you know, dun-dun-dun. Something's coming because they're starting to come out, you know, more than one at a time. And so she has to fight these monsters with her friends and figure out, where, why this is happening, like, why they're all of a sudden, you know, hunting in packs, and just, is this what she wants to continue to do, and Zane has a girlfriend now, and she's, like, really sad about that, because, you know, she's got a thing for Zane, and it's just, it's hilarious, and lots of fun, and in between each chapter, or almost every chapter, is a drink recipe. Oh. Yeah. It's like an an actual drink recipe, but then it tells you, like, which famous, you know, demon hunters use this during (laughs) which time, and how it came about and all this stuff. Um, It's just really, really fun. Again, it's called Last Call at the Nightshade Lounge by
0: Paul Kruger. That sounds so great. Uh, Before I do my next pick, we want to do a quick shout-out. Book Riot Live is coming in November. We've told you about it a couple of times. It's November 12th and 13th, but the big... Big, big news is that Walter Mosley has signed on to be one of our speakers. It's been in the works for a while. We finally got to announce it this last week. And because we're so stoked about Walter Mosley, we want everybody to come and have a chance to see him and to hang out with us and see all of the other speakers that we have. We're extending the VIP registration through June. Uh, So by June 30th, but really ASAP, because obviously you want to come hang out. Go to BookRiotLive.com. You'll get $40 off your weekend registration. You get a free book riot live water bottle so you can stay hydrated in between fangirling or fanboying or just overly fanning uh, at your favorite authors and you'll get early rsvp access to special events and panels that we have that have limited availability uh, so come hang out with us. Come hang out with Walter Mosley. Come hang out with Charlie Jane Anders, who's the founder of io9. Ken Liu, who translated the three-body problem that everybody loves so much. Uh, of the speakers, we've got several that we've talked about on this show. Meg Medina will be there. Ruman Alam, who I am just about to talk about, will be there. Valentine Delandro, who is the uh, co-creator and illustrator of the Bitch Planet comics that we all love. And tons of us have, uh, like literally a bunch of Book Riot people have the non compliant logo as a tattoo. He will be there. It'll be so wonderful to meet him. And the speaker lineup is still building. Uh, It's going to be a great weekend. So come join us November 12th and 13th bookriotlive.com for your VIP registration to get $40 off.
1: I'm so excited about Walter Mosley.
0: Me too. It's been so great. It's been in the works for a little while. And when it was finalized, we're so stoked. If you want to read something
1: really strange, and awesome, read The Man in My Basement. Oh, I haven't read that one. Yeah, it's it's not part of his Easy Rollin series. It's a it's about a black man who is approached by a white man and the guy asks him to lock him in a cage in his basement and keep Whoa. Him and offers him an insane amount of money to do so. Huh. So he's not gonna say no. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: I'm gonna have to check that one out. Yeah, it's so good. He's like he's written so many books. He has like forty books.
1: Oh yeah, and and he has a new one coming out in the next few
0: weeks. Yes, is it just or is it tomorrow? I can't remember. Incredibly prolific. Yeah, um, awesome. I mentioned Ruman Alam, so I will go to Rich and Pretty, which is another one of the big debut novels of the year, and this is like the perfect summer book, I think. It's substantial. It's page-turny. It's about uh, two best friends named Sarah and Lauren. They're in their early 30s. They've been friends since they were like 10 or 11. So they're a couple decades into this friendship. Uh, Sarah is the rich one. Her dad is a famous, powerful, conservative politician, and like they're all kind of embarrassed about how conservative he is. Uh, her parents had this huge, beautiful home in New York City. Lauren is the pretty one. She works in publishing. She's still finding her way. Uh, Sarah has just gotten engaged. Lauren is still dating. They wa- they once were very, very close, like inseparable. And now they're not quite as close. They're navigating this transition from being in the process of growing up to actually just figuring out how to be grown ups, especially now that their lives are taking different paths. Um, Sarah's engaged, as I mentioned, to uh, the guy that she's been with for like a decade. Um, it's kind of, you know, she's kind of sort of working, but her family is so rich that she doesn't have a full time job. She doesn't really know what she wants to be or what she's going to do. And she finds that she's more traditional than she really wants to admit that she is. Uh, this big step of Sarah getting engaged and planning her wedding forces Sarah and Lauren to each look at their own lives and to look at how their friendship is different and we get um, chapter the chapters moves kind of seamlessly between their two perspectives we're in both of their heads as it's going on um, and it's really fascinating to see both sides of that friendship and conversation the book is so insightful it's funny the relationship between them feels so authentic like the interactions that they have with their larger group of friends and with their parents and as each of them reflects on their relationships with their families and how they feel about now being adults and dealing with family. Um, Dealing with parents is different, you know, than it is when you're a teenager and you're just trying to escape the rules. Um, Alam has really done his job here. There's been a lot of talk about how like, how did a man write these female characters that are so believable as if it's like a magical feat? Um, The characters are so wonderful and believable and the friendship between the two women feels so authentic and um, it's, you know, it's not a mystery how women work um I feel like that, like that line of discourse about the book actually diminishes how good this book is. Um, the, because it, it does what great books are supposed to do. You feel engaged from page one. You feel like you know these people. You learn something about yourself, um, from reflecting on the characters and what happens to them. It does what books are supposed to do. And one of those things is that Alam, who is not a, (laughs) not a 30 something straight white woman, uh, he has figured out You know how to pay attention and write these characters. It's really excellent um, and so so worth your while. Um, If you're looking for a book, I think for your book club, this would be excellent. It's great for summer to take to the beach. I think you can. I was talking last week about books you can give anybody because there's something relatable and like nothing inflammatory in them. This is another one of those. I really really loved it. It's going to be one of my favorites of the year. And he will be speaking at Book Riot Live. I'm so excited to have a chance to meet him. Uh, So again, the book is called Rich and Pretty by Ru. Ruman Alam. His name is spelled R U M A A N. If you're Googling, last name is A L A M.
1: Yay! So good. My last book is oh my goodness! I it's very small. It's a very slim novella, and so I'm going to say very few words about it because it. First of all, I can't even describe it. Still, it's so beautiful and sad. It's called "Grief Is the Thing with Feathers" by Max Porter. Um, you're going to need all the tissues. It's, this is like more than five Kleenexes. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's, it's just amazing. It was published in the U.K. last year. It's coming out here. Um, it was nominated for the Guardian's First Book Prize, the Goldsmiths Prize. It just won the International Dylan Thomas Prize. It's so beautiful. It is a profound fable about grief and recovery. Um, there's a man and his children, uh, the man's wife, uh, has suddenly died. She, ha- she dies in an accident. Um, and he and his children are sort of set adrift. And along comes Crow. Crow appears magically. Um, he he says that he's going to stay with his family until they no longer need him. Like, he's going to help them get themselves together again. He He's an actual Crow, like Crow in the house. And he says that he finds humans dull, except in grief. And so he's going to take them on as a project and um, he's like Bird Mary Poppins. So uh, he, he helps them through this period, and the man starts to write again. He's working on a book about Ted Hughes, and his children start to feel better and, and do better in school. And it's just so beautiful. I can't even describe how it's written. It, I've never read anything like it. Um, I just feel like everyone should read this, and it's so beautiful. Again, it's called Grief is the Thing with Feathers by Max Porter.
0: Like, really, I, I I don't know what else to say about it. I'm at a loss for words about this book. I haven't been able to make myself read it yet precisely because everyone is like, this is so amazing. And I just cried for a couple hours straight. I'm yeah. stealing my nerve for it. It's so good. Uh, my last pick this week is called Sex Object by Jessica Valenti. She is a well-known feminist writer. And this is not feminist theory. This is a memoir in essays about essentially Valenti's life. Live, you know what it's like to live in a woman's body uh, to go through the world and be treated as a sex object from a very young age and she writes she grew up in New York City she writes about the like the very first time that um, she was cat called the very first time someone intentionally rubbed up against her in that wrong way on the train and um, up through you know continual public experiences street harassment and very intimate experiences we learn uh, about a lot of her sexual experiences and she reveals many things that are unflattering about herself. It's a very warts and all, this is me memoir. Um, we see her early teenage years when she's like trying to be the cool girl who's always, you know, the first one with the sex joke just to prove how, you know, chill and one of the guys she can be. We see when she goes to college and really starts to underst- understand herself as a feminist and how her feminist identity informs the way that she approaches adult relationships and then we learn about how she met her husband and what that relationship has been like including some you know very difficult moments of struggle uh, between the two of them this is a it's a messy book it's been a couple of months since i read it and it really took me a while to process um i walked away from my initial reading feeling like maybe it didn't quite hang together that well or maybe it needed some more polish and the longer that i've thought about it i think that the mess is intentional um, because it's messy and unflattering and often mundane in that way that, like, Carlo of Nausgaard got to write four humongous volumes about his messy, unflattering, mundane life and not get nominated for a bunch of awards and called so, like, brave and creative for doing it. And if a man had written a book like this about, like, all of the different blowjobs he received, people would be reading it and, like, oh, this brilliant Brooklyn book. But when it's a woman writing about all the blowjobs that she is given... Are we're all just programmed by society to react differently to it. And the more that I've unpacked it, the more I really think that Valenti has done something very brave um, by putting not just these experiences where you can say these are the ways that it's difficult to be a woman, because that's no secret. But these are the like, these are real experiences that I as a woman have chosen to have that are not fitting with the narrative of what like good girls are supposed to do. Um, and she just puts it all right out there um, in service of telling her story and exploring what it is to be a woman in contemporary American culture. And she knows that she can even take this risk because of the position that she has as a privileged white woman that telling these kinds of stories brings different and more severe risks with if you're a woman of color or if you're a trans woman. And uh, so there, that intersectionality comes into play as well. Um, I really appreciated it. The, the more distance I get from the book, the more I, I appreciate it. If you've been following Valenti's career online, this is definitely worth a read. Again, it's called Sex Object, A Memoir by Jessica Valenti. All right. We did it. We did it. This was a very Liberty and Rebecca mix this week. Like, <laughs> I had, you know, a big debut novel. I had a big summer novel. I had a Mary Roach book and a thing about sex. And you've got, like, Monsters, paths. Monsters and
1: tissues. Right?
0: Monsters <laughs> and tissues. <laughs> and you died on page five of Romeo and or Juliet because you got it on with Juliet. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't have hung around for the pillow talk <laughs> after. Yeah.
1: Do you know, but we- I have to say... Needs more cats.
0: Needed more Uh, cats. Everything needs more cats. Yes. (laughs) Those are the new books this week. What are you going to read now?
1: I'm going to read something called Grace by Natasha Dion. It's about a runaway slave in the 1840s South. She leaves her mother and sister and escapes an Alabama plantation. Um, It's a striking out on her own. She finds refuge in a Georgia brothel run by a freewheeling, gun-toting Jewish madam named Cynthia. And she apparently has an affair, there's a baby, and then later on the baby is given up, and you learn about the story from the child's perspective as well. Um, It's supposed to be fantastic,
0: I've heard rave reviews,
1: so that's what I'm going
0: for next. And do you? I'm gonna read a book that came out uh, today on the seventh that I have not gotten to yet. It's The House of Secrets by Brad Meltzer. This is my attempt to like fill the Dan Brown-shaped hole in my reading life for the summer. Um, it's about a priceless book that's hidden in a corpse, a family secret that has been handed down through generations, and a woman who has no memory of her past. Mm. I'm ready. I'm. The- this is what I'm gonna sit on the beach with. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing you could do. Now
1: I'm reconsidering my cremation idea. I
0: know. We can just fill you with books. <laughs> it's totally normal. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we made it 35 minutes before this show got <laughs> <you>. <laughs> So I'm going to I wrap have the giggles. Now. Thank you again to our sponsors, Third Love. You can go to thirdlove.com books to start your free 30-day trial with their 24-7 t-shirt bra. And Audible, go to audiblepodcast.com book bookriot to get started with your 30-day free trial of Audible. Also, feel free to hit me up on Twitter for recommendations of audiobooks i'm at rebecca shinsky s-c-h-i-n-s-k-y liberty is miss liberty if you've got a comment or a question you want to recommend some stuff to us we are at all the books at bookriot.com and as always if you've got a minute to rate or review the show on itunes it lets us know how we're doing and it helps other people who want to spend their summers giggling along with us at talking about new books to find their way to the show
1: and as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. Woo! Yeah. All right. Happy, Happy reading. reading.